Welcome to You're Still Doing That, where we talk to everyday people about their childhood joys that have endured into adulthood. Joining me today is Phenom. Uh, what is your childhood passion today? Or your childhood passion you still do today, Phenom? Yeah, so it's a little, I would say it's two things. One is I play sports still. And two, I still work in sports. It's very interesting. Welcome to the show today, Phenom, where tens of people are going to get to hear you, my man. <laughs> you finally made it to the big time. <laughs> hey, I love it. Um, so you're a life coach, a public speaker, an author, a podcast host, an athlete, a content creator, and your primary job is an ESPN Plus producer. Uh, that is a lot of hats to wear. Uh, but the topic that weaves through all those hats is sports. So let's get into your sports story a little uh, on brand for you, a little 30 for 30, if you will. <laughs> oh, man. I, so, I, oh, go ahead. All right. So um, let's start with where were you born, Phenom? I was actually born in Durham, North Carolina. All right. So being born in Durham, yeah. please tell me you're a Duke fan. <laughs> oh, Here's I hear thing. crickets. <laughs> I'm an ABC fan. Oh, well, I am an ABC fan as well, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Does that work? I hope that, that works. That works, man. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's funny because my girlfriend went to UNC. Yeah, so did my brother. He went to UNC <laughs> as well. But he's not much of a sports guy, so it doesn't really matter for him. <laughs> here, yeah, but here. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a, um, I won't say lifelong, but um, uh, we moved to North Carolina when I was like 11. So, but I've been a Duke fan the whole time and an ABC fan all that time as well. <laughs> so, I anybody that. that's an ABC fan is a, f I'm that person's fan too. <laughs> <laughs> all you right. pass. It's going to be a great conversation today then. All right. So, um, growing up, what kind of sports were you involved in? I was involved in baseball, I was involved in basketball, soccer. I dabbled into boxing for a little bit. But I had way too much going on. I was playing yeah. two other sports at the same time. So I had to stop. And then my last couple of years in high school, I ran track. Nice. Yeah, I never did sports in school. I was a marching band guy. And I guess I was a little shy or nervous. But I played a lot of uh, baseball growing up and soccer and mm -hmm. football. And uh, basketball was my main sport. And through high school, at least pick up games and things like that. Uh, what was your favorite sport in high school to do other than track? Uh, crazy or, enough, basketball was my favorite. I just ended yeah. up running track while I was in college. Nice. Now, did you did you do basketball in high school? I did. I did. Now, did they make you do track like in the off season? A lot of coaches will make you do a second sport. No. So I actually didn't play basketball for the school or the school that I would have been trying out for. Because I went to an early college, and so oh yeah, 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 we've got yeah. one of those. <laughs> so when I yeah. the week of tryouts, there was there were so many projects going on for my high school portion and my college portion that I just could not make it to trial. So I ended up yeah AAU and just like club ball right stuff like that. right 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 right. Well, those are more involved in in uh, school ball a lot of the times. Yeah, honestly, honestly. So what kind of coaches did you have along the way in high school that kept you? motivated to stay in sports 
<sighs> coaches that saw potential in a future in me. I've played soccer all throughout high school, and my coach was amazing. I think the coach that truly changed the trajectory of my entire life, although, was my track coach. Yeah. The reason why is because I wasn't this fast all-star on the track. I just ran track because, honestly, I met a girl and she ran yeah, track. And I was just like, a great reason. Yeah, I was just like, you it's know, I'm going to go ahead and get into track too. So yeah. <laughs> that's why I ended up running. But I had a background of playing soccer. So that obviously yeah. is also a lot of running. And I played basketball. So it wasn't that it was something completely foreign to me. But when this my senior year was wrapping up, my coach just saw the work ethic that I continued to put in day in and day out and how much passion I had for getting better. And he asked me if I was interested in, in running on the collegiate level. And he had to connect at the school that I was going to be attending to be able to be a walk-on. And so that nice. just really changed so much for me, for him to see that potential in me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good in, coach. In a short time. I know, right? Yeah. Um, so you did track in college. What school was that? North Carolina Central North Carolina Central, yeah. It's homecoming week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've got a colleague that's a Central graduate, so he's been posting a lot all online all week. Yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah, what was, um, was a track your only sport in college? Cross country, if you want to also consider that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have a whole different season, but yeah, I ran uh, cross country for two years. Yeah, I ran track for one year. I was in college for three years. So in college, do they have a 5K time like they do in high school for cross country? What do you mean a 5K time? Uh, like a um, uh, like a like a three mile run. Like in high school, they got like a three point one. Yeah, yeah. Mile so run. in college, it is an 8K. Okay, and it's an 8K. When you get to the national level, like the let's just say like March Madness. Yeah, like yeah. In, in cross country, it's the 10K. Gotcha. So what was your 8K time? You know what? That's a great question that I do not remember. It was yeah. probably, it was more than likely around like 30, 33, oh something like that. Oh my God. The, well, I used to be an avid runner, and uh, but uh, that's a whole other podcast talk about that. But, uh, <laughs> but, but let the, me tell the you, fastest, the, my fast. 8K, the fo- fastest, no, my 10K was an hour. Uh, my 8K, um, I guess probably would have clocked in probably somewhere around 40 or 45 minutes. So but 30 minutes for an 8K, that's pretty quick. It's, uh, it's tough, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, man, that's pretty quick. So what was your degree in school? What'd you, what kind of degree did you pick up? It ended up becoming mass communication broadcast focus. Yep. That's what I ended up majoring. That wasn't my original choice, though. Right. Well, no one goes with their original choice. Almost <laughs> everybody changes. Yeah, that's very true. I was supposed to be a computer engineer before <laughs> until I saw the math. And then I said, all right, well, what do I like doing? Well, that's music. So let's go into that. <laughs> that's hilarious because I actually wanted to do the exact same thing. So yeah. I was interested in NC State in high school. Because yeah, yeah. All right. So um, an ESPN Plus producer, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty uh, – and you still do that now? Yeah, freelance with that, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty uh, pretty big time, I would think. Um, how did that opportunity come around? So it ended up happening 
through NCCU. Yeah. So as I was saying, I ran track in, in cross country while I was there in my senior year during cross country season, I ended up fracturing my leg. Ouch. And yeah, it was it was not fun. It was during the our championship race. And so yeah. that's why I only ran track. Well, my first year I got kicked off. Second year I got kicked off team. My third year of college, my final year, I couldn't run because I, I had only one good leg. So uh. <laughs> I wanted to find out a way how I could still get back to the team. Yeah. And I did that by being a sports reporter for the team. Nice. Yeah. And they they didn't have one a person being a sports reporter, um, nor somebody doing the highlight videos because we just didn't have a budget for that. Right. So Not I for track. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I became that person and I kept pushing myself to to create better videos, to do better sports reporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the time, the previous year when I had gotten kicked off the team, I started doing a broadcast with Duke University, as a matter yeah. of fact. And so I was getting a lot of experience with the Blue Devil Network, mm-hmm. and I had already been working with the Durham Bulls for a couple of years within their broadcast team. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Blue so, Devil Network, they, um, they run clinics on how to make stuff for social media. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. It's really good. <laughs> I actually will be there, uh, I think, twice this week for some broadcasts we have. Nice. But um, So, yeah. So that I had built all that experience over the, the previous years, and I had a good relationship with the people that worked within the media um, team at NCCU. Yeah. So the the year after I graduated, ESPN Plus wanted to collaborate with the MEAC conference and say, like, hey, we want to start hosting ESPN Plus shows for all MEAC schools, which right. means you are going to have to have a, a whole team to produce these shows. So since I already had a good relationship with the people of the department and they knew what I had was capable of, uh, capable of, because of all that experience yeah. and I also helped them out with a lot of different projects like i helped them do a documentary and stuff like that i was the first person they reached out to to produce these shows so that's how i nice. came about well that was uh it's a good way to find a need and get it filled i know right i mean Crazy. that was really good yeah yeah when he it's good to, to be available when espn comes around calling to listen before you tell it <laughs> yeah all right so um what is your favorite kind of sport to do broadcasting with? I don't I don't know if you just like if you stick to track still or if you are covering a lot of different sports. Mm, I haven't done track. I've done a lot. So I've done lacrosse, softball, baseball, football, basketball, volleyball. Um I don't know if I just said soccer, wrestling. Yeah. I've done a lot. Um I would say football in August. Yeah. Because after that, it gets kind of cold and nobody wants to be standing <laughs> right. out there for yep. five, six hours in the cold. And I will also say softball. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very Oh, yeah. Softball. Yeah. 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 The girls are, the young ladies are very energetic. And yeah. I was going to say they are. Yeah. It's amazing. Love it. So when you are um, working with ESPN, what uh, kind of stuff do you get to do? This stuff, well, since I'm the producer, what I'm focusing on is the entire rundown of the show. So gotcha. I am also, since we had a, uh, have a small crew, I'm also directing. So yeah. I'm calling the shots of telling them, like, okay, camera three, prepare for your shot. I'm about to go ahead and take you. Go ahead and take three. I'm letting the replay operators know what type of replays I'm looking for, what I want to show right before going to commercial. 
Um, we're in contact with Bristol, Connecticut to know when we're going in and out of commercial for each break, when we're going on air, when we're going off air. Um, also running the commercials from the studio that we're in, all things of that nature. Wow. So you got to be, you got to be Johnny on the spot, ready to go. Your head's got to be in the game for a job like that constantly. Yeah. You have to be very focused, which I think yes. is something that has helped me be a very focused adult is working right. on broadcast. Cause you, like you said, you have to yeah. be locked in the entire time. Locked in. That sounds like either a lot of caffeine or <laughs> some pills of some kind. Cause I'm trying to Water. think. I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. I'm like, oh, oh my God, I don't know. I'm too scatterbrained to, to jump around like that, I think. <laughs> I will definitely say it helps to start from the bottom up. So yeah. I would just start off as a camera operator. Then once you know what type of shots you're supposed to get, you know how to tell somebody to get those shots. Right, 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 so right. Eventually, I became a replay operator, so I knew how to do that. So once you do everything of right. the broadcast, it makes it easier to produce a show yourself. Yeah, that's for sure. Coming on up, doing everything. Yeah. 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 So um, what kind of, well, you, we talked about a lot, but what was your, uh, well, you did, uh, I guess, softball and football. What's the hardest kind of sport to cover, do you think? Which one seems to be difficult to get done? Baseball. Baseball? That I personally have done. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would say baseball. So what makes that one a little more difficult than, say, a volleyball or a basketball or football? It's long. <laughs> that is. It is long. It's yes, it is. It's very long, and you can go the entire game without any action. So yeah. you, for a person to have to have so much focus for, let's just say, two and a half to sometimes four hours. Yeah, yeah. And you to barely get any excitement. It's extremely boring. So it's that's what makes it difficult. It's zero zero in the top of the nine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Both pitchers have no hitters going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't let there be a rain delay. Don't let there right. be them going to extra innings. So yeah, to me, oh, baseball's man. the hardest. A rain delay, like you have nothing to put on screen, hardly. You shoot the rain hitting the ground. <laughs> yeah. You get the fans getting wet. You just you figure yep. out a way. I think I'd have somebody talk about something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. So what's the biggest sports celebrities that you've gotten to work with or work around? Ooh, that's a good question. So any type of sport celebrities or like professional athletes I've worked with haven't been through ES like producing shows or right. podcasts or anything like that. Yeah, that stuff has just come from me freelancing. Gotcha. So I have gotten the chance to work with Devontae Graham personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ended up playing for the Charlotte Hornets. I'm not sure yeah. who he's with right now. I've worked with uh, Josh Hawkins. He played for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Had a moment to shoot his, uh, his one of his football summer camps. Um, I've had the opportunity to work with. Uh, I cannot think of his name right now, but one of the he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right, Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith. I had an opportunity. There you to go. Do something with Ryan Smith. Um, Derek Whitehead, who just oh yeah, for Duke. Signed to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. to uh, Brooklyn. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? That is everyone I can think of. 
on the top of my head. Yeah. All right. What about ESPN personalities? ESPN has got, they've got their own little core group of uh, celebrities, you could say, at least as sports nuts anyway. Uh, what kind of ESPN celebrities do you think you get to work with on and off? None. None? <laughs> None. This, oh, no. This, the media world is small, but also large yeah. at the same time. So even though I'm putting on these shows here in the triangle, I, they, these people aren't coming here. So like the right. Stephen A. Smiths, right, Shaq, all, they're, not, they're in their yeah. own studios. They're right. doing their own shows. So I'm producing the stream, but they're producing their other shows. So I, we they, see they don't got time for the plus people. Is it, Honestly, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really what yeah. it is. That's what no. it is. Yeah, we don't got time for those plus people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So um, uh, being in sports has created a lot of great opportunities for you to follow. And uh, so tell us about your journey to becoming an author. How did that come about? Yeah. So it's funny enough, the book that I wrote, my first book, I wrote during the weekend of a track meet in our hotel. It was when I was still doing the sports reporting for the track team. Yeah. But after I had graduated. And something that I like to do for my birthday every for the last five, four or five years or so is find a way to give back to my audience, the community, you know, just a way to add value to people. Right. And so what I decided randomly on March 15th, my birthday is March 31st, I'm mm-hmm. going to write a book. And I said, all right, I don't know how I'm going to get this done, um, but I'm going to figure it out. And so I wrote it in two days and then spent the next couple of days, like week editing it. And I, yeah. All that was done. Got it, I think, officially published on Amazon, like March 30th. Yeah. Yeah, Amazon's good to publish stuff. What's the title of your book? That one is Be Phenomenal mm-hmm. or Be Forgotten. Yep. How I saw to that take one. Your life to the next level. I saw that one on uh, yeah, on Amazon when I was looking them up. Yeah, okay. Nice, smooth. Yep. Yes. So that, that one came up. One. Did you yep. find the others by any chance? Well, the other one I found was Execute the Secrets to Fast Success. Mm-hmm. That, that was the other one, one I came across. And then I just recently dropped one this year. Uh, ignore the fluff and yeah then i just uh i'm featured in a co-author book for the first time and so that one is uh, athlete to entrepreneur volume two that came out i want to say uh, three weeks ago oh nice yeah so um yeah uh yeah being off that's very cool uh especially your title seemed to be a lot about giving back to other people or advice for other people on how to move on and find success. Yeah. Uh, you've also gotten the opportunity to be, to be a TED Talk person. <laughs> yeah. And you've done that before, too. Now, how does someone get selected to give a TED Talk? You select yourself. Oh, you select yourself? So what? So uh, you could, there are two ways to uh, present a TED Talk. You can be nominated or you can right. apply. Gotcha. You, a person will have a better chance to apply for a TED or a TEDx Talk. Right, so right. once I decided that I wanted to give one, I had to find TEDx events that were around the topic that I wanted to give, like their theme, because mm-hmm. each TEDx event has a different theme. Gotcha. And then you apply to it. They take you through a process, uh, like you know, video interviews, video submissions, written right. stuff, all things of that nature. And so 
uh, I eventually I got through uh, two different events to be able to present those talks. Yeah, I listened to your uh, TED talk. Very impressive. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed it. Which one um, was it? Was it the the emotion one or the time management one? Uh, it was the emotional one. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the one that I that came up first that I saw. Smooth. Yeah, I sent it to my wife. I was like, look, I'm going to get to interview this guy right here. Look, he's a TED Talk person. <laughs> I was so nervous when I gave that speech. Oh, my gosh, I can't tell you. I was so nervous. Well, you, it's um, it's sort of like doing can- uh, stand-up comedy, I would think, <laughs> where you got to stand up and you're just talking and no one else talks back. You just or get to say whatever it is you're going to do for a certain amount yeah. of time. It may even be more nerve-wracking because at least with stand-up comedy, you get a responsible laughter to know if you're doing well. Right. And TEDx and TED Talks performances, it's normal for everybody to just be silent until you yep. finish. It's yep. So you have no idea whether or not mm-hmm. you're connecting with the audience. And that was yeah, my yeah, first yeah. time ever speaking on the stage before. So I was yeah. crazy nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you are also a podcast host. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now what is, what is the name of your, what is the title of your podcast about? So there are technically two now. Gotcha. As of maybe about 48 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the first one is execute the secrets to fast success. So the same is my second book and second one that I will be officially launching soon is verify phenoms. So that's, the first one is uh, started off as me just talking about different advice and tips on right. how to increase your productivity, networking, all things of that nature. It was really right. college students. Eventually, I started interviewing people on how they created their own version of success. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt as if that was a very important conversation for people to understand like what is their own version of success. Like Matt, you may have a different version of success than me, and that's okay. Right. That's just life. And the second podcast, I'm starting to verify phenoms, is catered around speaking to individuals that have overcome imposter syndrome, um, overthinking, and also uh, perfectionism to be able to just get to the next stage. That we're going to, to right. To. Oh, that I'll have to look into that one. <laughs> that definitely applies to me in some fashion as well, too. Oh, uh, man. Which, which part? Uh, not the imposter syndrome so much part, but the... Uh, you know, trying to get yourself to another station mm. and trying to move up. So, yeah, we could have a whole podcast on teachers that are <laughs> ready to, how can I elevate my position instead of being stuck where I am the whole time? I hear that a lot from my teacher friends as well. Yeah, there's a big one on that too. And maybe that's a show for you. <laughs> could quite possibly be, man. <laughs> you heard it here first. I'd get fired for having something like that, though, oh, I'm man. sure. Uh, so, um, uh, you also have a motivational album uh, yeah. <laughs> out called Reality Check, Phenom Speaks. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your album. So the album idea came from Eric Thomas, listening to Eric Thomas. And he has something very similar, a couple of them like that. And I was like, you know what? I want to create a motivational album that people can listen to. And it was one of those things where I was just, all right, I want to give back to people. Uh, it's another way for me to continue to grow my brand and on, on a different platform. 
Right. That's right, one right. thing I, I would like to say for anybody that's looking to grow a brand, you have to figure out how to touch your audience and on different platforms. So for me, I was like, all right, I already tech talk, like you said. Yeah. Um, motivational speaking, uh, your sports, books. books, all things of that nature. So where else can I find my audience? I was like, all right, music. But I, I yeah, can't yeah. sing. I can't rap. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided to take uh, pieces from my podcast and lay them over almost uh, like hip hop and right. tracks. And then some of them mm-hmm. I actually recorded myself. And so just went through the process for about a year or so, hired a, a producer to be able to create that, that stuff. And then eventually I just ended up creating everything myself and mixing right. and that. And you know, I dropped it maybe about uh, two months ago. Nice. Yeah. Go check that out. Reality check. Phenom speaks. Yeah. Well, to get that going. Platforms. <laughs> Right. Uh, and also one of your hats. And I know we said we're going to do sports. So I, I got some sports coming up. Uh, <laughs> but one other thing you get you get to do is to be a life coach. Yeah. So so what does that look like being a life coach? Well, for one, for me, it looks like figuring out where people's blockages are in right. terms of mentally or why they aren't accomplishing what they want to accomplish. And I unpackage that and be able to figure out an actual plan for them to take so they don't have to stress over it. And then we just right, move right. on from like, okay, this is what you can do this week, next week, this month, et cetera. That's very digestible. So it's not over overpowering for them or overstimulating. And they can still continue to make small progression essentially all throughout the year. Yeah. Some people just need a little a little kick or or just a little their windows just need to be cleaned a little bit so they can see where they need to go exactly no that's that's real yeah man Uh, that's quite excellent so let's get into some sports so um so do you have any memorable sports moments from your youth man do you have any like little tidbits or you remember growing up some of your favorite sports memories uh Favorite, I'm not, I'll, I'll have to think hard about that. The first memory that came to my mind was when I was playing soccer in high school and I ended up being a goalie. I, nice. I randomly found out I was going to be a goalie by just putting myself in there. Apparently, I was good at stopping all the shots. Right, and I was right. playing Jordan High School for anybody that's aware of yep. the area. And, you know, if you know Jordan, you know they're a really good soccer school. And I was blocking all of their shots and I, I played for Hillside and it was our right, right. first year second year with the team we got blown out every single game by like nine ten points and this one game I was going crazy in the goal I mean crazy they beat us by one point it was zero one uh, and hmm. I remember going to and they were like state champions the previous year yeah yeah and so i remember being in the mall because i used to work at hollister then um over the weekend and one of the guys saw me at work from for the georgia team he was like aren't you the goalie from hillside and i was like <laughs> yeah he was just like yo first of all you are an amazing goalie he was like you were the hardest goalie we've ever come across and two because of you we had to run for the entire practice the next day <laughs> so i was like oh that's amazing so it, it was uh it was a very proud moment for something that i had not planned on you know a position i didn't originally like right 
Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty, I played a lot of soccer, but I feel like I was pretty awful at it. I always got put back on defense, uh, but I always played rec soccer. But there was this one time where the opposing team, the ball had been kicked down into my end, and I needed to clear it, but the defender was coming up on my right, and I kicked with my right leg. And if I kicked it, I was like, man, that's going to get picked off. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to let my left leg go and just give it a whirl. <laughs> and that thing chipped up and went over his head and flew midfield. I was like, oh, my God, that's the best thing I ever did in my life. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Uh, I can't believe I did that. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, you're an ABC fan. <laughs> yes. Uh, anybody but Carolina. So yeah. I love that. So what is one of your most memorable uh, sports memories, uh, like what, either watching or attending, or what was one of those little sports memories that's going to stick around with you forever? Ah, uh, man, I have two. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to share the first two that come to my mind. The first one would be the countdown to craziness when Zion Williamson. Oh yeah, was there. Oh yeah, my, yeah. Matt, when I tell I bet that you, was a circus that year. It mm. was so loud in Cameron indoor. Yeah, my ears were ringing until the next day. Mm. Oh my gosh, I, I bet was, so. I was so happy to be part of that show. That was amazing. All right, so this, I, what was? Oh, hold on, hold on. I have another one though. All right, all right, go. The second one is when I was about eight or nine years old. I had an opportunity to be a ball boy for the LA Lakers. And I got a nice. moment to meet Kobe Bryant during mm. that time. Oh, yeah. So that would be the number one. Uh, <sighs> and you can't have anything that gets better than that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. And I grew up in California, so I'm a Lakers fan myself. Oh, nice. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Um, so what do you think? a whole Duke nation was like when Zion starting first game against Carolina and does the pivot and down he goes as a shoe explodes, man, dude, I about melted on my floor watching that. I, I can't, I remember watching the game. I can't remember if I was working the game or not because I've just done so many, but excuse me. I remember there being like an awkward silence. And I if so. I wasn't there, I felt it through the TV. <laughs> uh, um, it was it was a very, very rough, very rough moment for all the all the fans of uh, yes. Blue Devil Nation for sure. Hmm. Yep. And then I don't know if he was injured or someone else was injured for our second game against Carolina, and so, so we didn't get we didn't get uh, like a full. Duke a hundred percent against Carolina till the ACC tournament that year. Yeah. And uh, so that was a that was a good game. I was excited. I was like, all right, we got everybody in. We're all loaded up. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. take it to them, which they did take it to them. That one went all the way. So that was good. Um uh so uh NFL, who's your team for the NFL? <sighs> oh man. I don't want to answer this question right now. Oh no! Because we are we are winless. The Carolina. Uh, yeah, you are, mm-hmm. you already know just by saying mm-hmm. that who who the team is. <laughs> I wondered. 
Yeah. Panthers fans were like, oh, well, it's another season. You know, <laughs> I was on their Instagram page the other day, and you know how their their motto is keep pounding? Yeah, yeah, Somebody yeah. Somebody in the comments said, keep getting pounded. And yes, I was right. just, <laughs> just like, that's so true. That's mm. exactly what's happening. They're struggling. Yeah. Yeah. They're struggling, that's for sure. Uh, do you have a Major League Baseball team? No, not at all. Uh, no, no. No, I mean, I'm a Dodgers fan for, for being an L.A. boy, but, I mean, that's about it. I've never been much of a baseball guy myself. Have you had the opportunity to go to one of their games? Uh, I did see them play, but I saw them play in San Diego against the Padres. We had a visiting family, and so we were in San Diego, and, uh, yeah, we caught a game. So I saw them then against the Padres. Nice. But that was back in, um, hmm, that was a while back, 90 or 91. All right, it's time. It was for a long time ago. I know. It's it was summer. A long time you, ago. Know what, you know what you got to do. That's right. Uh, what about hockey? Do you have a? Uh, I would say Canes, just because they're yep. local. Uh, they're the team. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I've had a moment, uh, opportunity to work in um, NHL as well. I forgot about that hockey broadcast of also, but but yeah, yeah, I would say Canes. I don't yeah, follow them, yeah. but that would be my favorite team to have. Yeah, that would be me too. Uh, do you have a Major League Soccer team? No. Funny, it's crazy, right? Because I, I was a yeah. big soccer player. I, I don't. The only sport that I would actually like actively watch would be basketball. Um, but yeah. I love playing almost any sport, though. Right, right. Um, NBA team. Who's your team? Hornets would be my number one, which is, again, very painful. Yes. Um, <laughs> For the longest time. It's very painful. And if I'm choosing a second team to support, it would be the Philadelphia Sixers because growing yeah. up, Allen Iverson was my favorite player. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. AI was a lot of fun. For sure. Yeah. I'm a Change Lakers today. fan. And I find myself rooting for Boston a lot just because I guess Tatum. How does that work? Yeah. I don't know how it works, man. It just doesn't. <laughs> but I guess because I live in neutral territory now. But did you have you watched Winning Time on HBO? The Lakers. Oh, I got a, um, a person put out a, like a biography on the Lakers Celtics uh, dynasty back in the 80s. And so I, I guess it's based on a lot of. I guess, interviews with people around, but it's not uh, uh, the Lakers organization and the, and the, the, the West and the bus families have not like said this is true or anything, but uh, the HBO made it into like a mini series and it's got like two or three seasons and it is phenomenal. It's called Winning Time on HBO. You should check it out. And uh, check it out for sure. It sounds like yeah. it's good. Yeah, it starts with uh, Magic Johnson coming in as a rookie is where it starts off. And then it goes to, uh, I think it stops about 84 or 86. I think the, season, the series stops, but really, really good. But, uh, but I remember watching Johnson and Bird growing up on TV. Yeah, I don't know how I like both, but um, <laughs> I guess you can now, not so much in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> you couldn't publicly say that. <laughs> No, they got, uh, at least in that flick, man, they got scenes where uh, the Lakers would win in Boston and then they're just running to just full sprint from the court to the bus. And there's like beer cans and bricks all being hurled at the buses are trying to get out. Man, it's <sighs> it's awful stuff. 
Yeah. All right. Um, so outside of North Carolina, do you follow any college sports or any teams outside NC? No, not really. I've always been the type of person I, I'm an active uh, participant. Yeah. But not follower or something. Like even like now, like what well, now is a little bit different because I box. Like I'm getting into boxing yeah. more, trying to be, become an amateur boxer. So I'm following more boxers that aren't in North right, Carolina. Right, right. Um, but previously, I was, I never necessarily had the time to because I was always doing so much between my broadcasts and. It sounds like you've been doing a lot. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't really consume other people's stuff. I just produce my own. If that makes sense. That's that's how you get successful, man. Don't <laughs> don't consume other people's stuff. Stay on your own. I love it. Um, so, uh, sports topics. What do you think of the nil situation? NIL? The NIL, yeah. I love it. I'm a fan I love of it. it. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. as a former college athlete, I am happy for all the like, current athletes now because it allows so much opportunity for them for so many different reasons. One, as a collegiate athlete under the NCAA just three years ago, you were not allowed to have any form of income. So right. I had a part-time job at the mall that I had to hide from everybody because I was just <laughs> not allowed to have make money in general. Other, right. I was like, being an athlete was my job to the university and the NCAA. Um, and that's all athletes everywhere. It's not just the school I went to. It was everywhere. And that's not your money-making programs either because you were a track guy. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't talking about football, basketball, baseball, something that might be big and televised. Yeah, exactly. So that was that was a lot of athletes. So now athletes have the opportunity, whether you are a top athlete or maybe you are somebody that doesn't have a lot of uh, light on them, you can still make money and you know, get these brand deals, build your own personal brand, set yourself up to for success when you graduate from mm-hmm. college. Because if we're being honest, a lot of college athletes just realistically and statistically will not become a no. professional athlete. So since they aren't weren't allowed to have jobs and now they're able to have a form of income and build a path for themselves while they are still putting on for the university is amazing. That's right. Yeah, because a lot of them won't go on professionally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. And it'll keep athletes, and well, at least your star athletes, it'll keep them in school longer because they yeah. won't have to go chase money in a big league Yeah, because they'll be making uh, the same or even more while they're sitting there in school. Yes. Yeah, for example, the uh, I would say the starting five that plays for LSU, the women's team, yeah. their brand do- deals are through the roof. And some of them have even said, I'm not interested in going to the NBA right now because I'm making more than the top, the highest, uh, the top paid NBA player in yeah. college as a, as a sophomore. So she was just saying, why would I, I leave college to go be in the WNBA when I'm making twice as much as the top athlete right now? So a lot of I've athletes heard are a, getting paid. Uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of people say, I was like, I don't need to go to the NBA. I'm yeah. going to make more money. Why in college you, than I would my first couple of years in the NBA. Why would you go pro if you can make more money in yeah. college? Because that was the reason to leave early, yeah. was to chase the money before you got injured or something like that. Exactly. And then you couldn't do it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. I know a lot of coaches don't like it. Well, what do you think about uh, now you can just transfer wherever. There's no wait time. You can go from one school to the next. No waiting. 
I'm cool with it. Yeah, I that's think how I the, am that's too. how the professional professional environment is. So Yeah, that's true. I mean you would go from one team to the next team in a professional environment. Yeah. And you yeah. don't have to prolong your college life essentially because now if somebody has to wait a year, now they have to figure out how am I going to stay in college another year? Am I going to go to grad school just because I want to keep playing? Yeah. And no, yeah. let's be honest, like most people they don't want to go through all that extraness of of university. Uh, yeah. So if they can bypass all of that while still competing in the sport, why not? <laughs> Imagine James Harden having to wait a year before he went to each different team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be ridiculous. Uh, yes, very much ridiculous. All right, so uh, you so tell me about amateur boxing, man. About you following the boxing world now. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up getting into it maybe a year or so ago, over a year. Uh, my girlfriend started boxing with somebody at her uh, complex. And so yeah. one day I just joined her, really enjoyed it, all that type of stuff. I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. You did a little sparring, you know, yeah. got my tail beat. But, you know, yeah. something about me is crazy. That's why I was a great goalie. And I was just like, I want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I kept training and training and training, just getting better and better with no direction. And then, funny enough, um, her brother was like, you know, I want to challenge you in a little fun sparring match or whatever. So we set a weight that we were going to drop to and everything. And so I said, gotcha. okay, I'm going to take this serious. So I ended up signing up for a gym that's local that had coaches that trained fighters. And I just right, right. locked it. And so uh, this has been like that ever since. I, yeah. Well, it seems like you got that laser focus. So when you lock in to get something done. Oh, yeah. It's, it's you're going to stay right on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, so what are you doing now with boxing? I mean, do you um, compete? Do you have matches at any point? Or, yeah. or are you in a league? So being an amateur uh, competitor or an aspiring amateur competitor is yeah. difficult. It's actually harder than the pros, believe it or not. Right. Reason being is because you have to get matched for a fight. You don't, right. you don't just take who you want to fight. So right now, I'm looking to still improve one, but also just find people to be able to get matched with. So I'm currently about 200 pounds. And yeah. for even like the last five months for the events that like boxing matches I've seen in North Carolina, I haven't seen anybody around that weight class competing. So it can, it can be a while, even let's just say if I was ready to compete tonight right. before I even find somebody to get matched with. And then it's like, okay, if I get matched with somebody, are they going to make weight? And if they don't make weight, we don't. Yeah, yeah. Then maybe yeah. we both make weight and they decide. Maybe they look at something and they're like, I don't want to fight this guy anymore. Or something. I don't know. Something random. It happens all the time. People at my gym. Yeah. I've been trying to fight for a year and have not gotten matched with the fight yet. So it's, mm. it's difficult. You just do a lot of training and you may never see a fight and it's not your fault. And you can't get fights if you're not in one. I mean, you have to, you have, to have those matches to get your name not, around. Not necessarily. Not in the no? amateur world. In the amateur world. So in the amateur world of boxing, you kind of have to go through this process of one day getting matched. And you have to do that at least 10 times before you can be an open fighter, which is gotcha. you can fight anybody that has 10 plus fights. But before that, you are only allowed to fight people that have zero to nine fights. 
And then gotcha. after you have more than 10 fights, you are actually eligible to become a professional. So you can be a professional after 10 fights. And that's when you gotcha. become a professional. You can you know find and choose who you want to fight. But before that, you just have to like, okay, I'm going to sign up for this boxing event, uh, this match that's, uh, let's just say, in November. And you don't know until the week of if you get matched. So you can train for three wow. months and have no idea. Hmm. So you just have to be ready all the time. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> now, is there any money involved in these amateur matches? No. Just heart. No. Just heart. <laughs> just heart. So everybody's got another kind of nine to five or some sort of gig that they're doing yeah. while they're training. So the gym that I go to, everybody has a day job. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you have some people that are in college right now and in like high schools and, you know, middle school. So yeah, yeah. that's their sport. So, you know, instead of playing basketball at school or playing football at school, they're boxing in the gym. So the kids actually yeah. get more fights than we do because it's, it's way more common for the, for the younger uh, generation. Their weight class probably too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And But for the older people, you know, the young adults, uh, it's, it's a little difficult. But yeah, everybody pretty much has it. Pretty much everybody has a job. <laughs> yeah, I bet so, man. All right. Well, uh, Phenom, this brings us to about the end of our of our show here. I've got six questions that I ask everybody. Okay. All right. When they come on, I ask them the same six. I'm ready. All right. So, uh, what is one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen? <sighs> the ocean. Uh, I love. Cruising. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah. So yeah. I've never done a cruise. Gotcha. I need to do a cruise. Yeah. It'll change your life. Uh, what's one of your favorite smells? I can't smell. You can't smell? I can't smell. Is that from boxing or what's <laughs> that from? <laughs> I was born this way. It's a uh, long, yeah, long story short, I have like a deviated oh, septum, wow. man. I just can't smell anything. Like, me and my friends really? joke about it all the time. I, Even like the worst stuff. Maybe something that's like really, really bad or like really, really good. Yeah. I can smell, but just like if the average strong, smell, I can't really smell it. And I probably don't smell the same thing that you smell. Gotcha. So, all right, let me change my question. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the one thing, if you could, you, you would like to smell? What's something you'd like to smell? Flowers. Flowers. Yeah, like that's a good answer. Flowers. Yeah, that's a good one. I think I may have said food. <laughs> <laughs> Like a kitchen, right? Uh, I somebody cooked that, it. That's a good one. Too. Um, what's your favorite kind of sandwich? Um, it's going to be the most odd thing you've ever heard. So turkey, right. pepperoni, American cheese, and provolone from Jersey yeah. Mike's, and that's it. Yeah, no, I totally am down with that sandwich. <laughs> I'd add a little lettuce and some of their sauce on there. And there you go. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite kind of drink? Water. Water. Basic. Yeah, that should be everybody's yeah. favorite drink of water. <laughs> uh, what's one thing that makes you happy every time it happens? Seeing people get results on slight progression. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. something that will always make me happy, just knowing that they're taking action on becoming a better version of themselves and not letting anything hold them back. That will always make me happy. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, if you could give advice to yourself as a child, what one little bit of nugget would you give yourself? Uh, if I can give advice to my uh, my younger version of myself. Yeah. When you're in middle school or high school, what's a note you would drop? Um, advice would be to not listen to anybody because yeah. you're building 
the skill set of consistency and discipline now, which will take you very far in life. And what may look like something very odd to other people won't make sense to them. And they'll wish that you had it, that they'll had it in the future. Yes. Yeah, that's for sure. And the last question I have is selfish for me and to keep the podcast rolling is uh, who do you think would be a good guest to be on here? What's somebody that has been doing something for a long time since they were a child they're still doing today? Hmm. Not that they have to come on the show, mind you. Somebody has been doing something (laughs) for a long time. I would say one of my friends, her name is Dijanae. Uh, she yeah. ran track all her life, even professionally for a bit, and she just stopped running professionally uh, maybe like six or seven months ago, but she still yeah. is in the athletic world. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So well, I might have to get her, uh, you know, Dijanae's connection yeah, there as soon that. as we wrap up. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I love that question. I love it. I'm going to have to use that for my yeah. own show. <laughs> Yeah, most most definitely do it, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Oh, and one thing I wanted to ask everybody, or let you tell everybody, is so uh, so you go by the name Phenom. What does that stand for? Preparation, hustle, education, network, overcome, and mentality. Yeah, I love it, man. Thank you, thank you. I love it. Yeah, if you can put all those together, if you can become a Phenom, then. <laughs> It's a good chance you're going to have good success. Yeah, that's what the very and I like your uh, podcast is going to be about. Yeah, I was going to say that's a great one to get a whole bunch of other phenoms talking about what they yeah. do. That's a great one. Thank you. All right. Um, so, uh, where can people find your stuff if they want to uh, listen to your show or get your books? Where how do they go about doing that? Uh, yeah. So Instagram is going to be Phenom Speaks. Same thing for the YouTube channel, which I'm starting up right now. Same thing for TikTok, Phenom Speaks. If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, it's going to be Philip Phenom Robinson. If you want to check out the motivational album, it's going to be Reality Checks by Phenom Speaks. Um, so, yeah, that's if you just type in Phenom Speaks on Google, stuff should start probably up. You can find me whatever platform you want to. Yeah, I'm going to do all of that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it all right now. Love it. Let's get connected for sure uh yeah that's for sure man all right well thanks for being on the show man i appreciate it's been nice chatting with you likewise Matt, and making this little connection remember folks find what makes you happy and get to it there's a lot of life out there to live so make it a good one be kind be nice be good and have a great week